0: This podcast is brought to you by the GOSH Learning Academy. Hello and welcome back to GOSH Pods, our podcast from the GOSH Learning Academy where we highlight all the educational work that is happening across the GLA. This week, we have another episode from our series on clinical research skills for allied health professionals about the asset that is research and library services. If you enjoy this week's episode, you may also be interested in the online course, Developing Clinical Research Skills Lessons Learned from AHP Staff in a Research Hospital, which is on GOSH DEN. If you want to find out more, you can head to www.den.gosh.nhs.uk and search the course catalogue for more information. We hope you enjoy this week's episode.
1: My name is Heather Chesters and I'm very pleased to be introducing this podcast in which we'll be talking to you about the Great Ormond Street Institute of Child Health Library and about the services, the resources and the facilities that are available to you. Um, I've been based at the Great Ormond Street Institute of Child Health and have been providing support for research relating to children and paediatrics for a number of years now and my job as Deputy Librarian involves supporting members of GOSH with searching for, accessing and using information for their research, um, their clinical practice, any studying that they're involved with, and also for their professional development. I'm joined today by my colleague Grazia Manzotti. Grazia, would you like to briefly introduce yourself as well? Yes,
2: certainly. Hello, I'm the librarian. I'm responsible for managing the library and for making sure we are providing you with access too relevant, up to date, evidence-based information, and a well-equipped, accessible physical library space to support you in your research and everyday work at Great Ormond Street. The library has just been refurbished, and there are lots of nice study spaces.
1: That's great, Grazie, Could you tell us a little bit more about the library? So, for example, how people can join and get access, and what's available to GOSH staff once they've joined.
2: Yes, um, actually, joining is really easy, and you can do it online now. You can find the link on our website, and you just need to make sure you have a scan of your GOSH ID card, some proof of of your home address, and a passport style photo. Um, So that's easy. Once you have joined, you will be able to use all of our physical and remote services. So um, our physical library is on the second floor of the Great Ormond Street Institute of Child Health Building at 30 Guilford Street. And also, um, there is a walkway into the building from the basement of Great Ormond Street. We are always happy to give new GOSH members a quick tour of library and facilities. So please come to the desk, introduce yourselves to us when you join, if you would like us to take you around and give you a tour of the library. We are staffed between nine and six, Monday to Friday, But um, in uh, normal circumstances, GOSH staff can also come and use the library in the evenings and at weekends.
1: So can you tell us a bit about what GOSH staff can access once they've joined the library? Yes,
2: certainly. uh, They can access lots and lots of information. So if you need to access to journal articles, you can sign up for an NHS England Open Athens account to get remote access to journals and other resources. So with that, you can access all your resources from the hospital or from home. This includes resources that have been funded by the NHS, but also resources that have been provided for GOSH staff by the university. So by UCL and can be accessed remotely. So there are lot, there is lots of information, lots of journals, lots of ebooks that you can access via the NHS Athens. In addition to that, you can complete an online form to request journal articles or book chapters that UCL pays for that are not available remotely. And those will be sent to you directly by email. So to clarify, if you got some articles you need that are only available via UCL, you can send us a request form and we will send them to you in a PDF form. We also got a growing collection of e-books For GOSH staff and a physical collection of books as well relating to pediatrics nursing and the light health we also have books on conducting research on literature searching critical appraisal and many other areas so it's not just pediatrics nursing and the light health we have all these subjects you're also welcome to suggest books uh, to add to our collections and if you want to borrow print books from our collections, you can borrow up to 10 books at a time, and then you can renew them remotely via your library account. And as well as using our library, GOSH staff can also visit and borrow from all the other UCL libraries, including the one attached to UCLH and Royal Free Hospitals. And some of the UCL libraries are open 24 hours per day, so and you can use all the other study spaces, as I said, and borrow books from, from them as well. There are about 18 UCL libraries.
1: Um, you mentioned early that our, earlier that our library was refurbished a few years ago, so um, I know that it's a nice modern space to work in. Can you tell us a bit about the facilities for GOSH staff who want to come and work in the library?
2: Yes, of course, the library is very nice now. We have had lots of very, very positive feedback about the refurbishment. There are seven GOSH computers in the library. They're fairly new and um, GOSH staff can use those on a first come, first served basis. There are also five UCL computers that GOSH staff can use to directly access the journals, books, databases and other e-researches Sorry, I mean other e-resources that are paid for by UCL. We have 106 study spaces and also a bookable soundproofed study pod with AA facilities. So if you wanted to have some meetings and, um, you know, some confidential meetings, you can book that. And uh, all these study spaces have got sockets for your laptop and wi- Wi-Fi for GOSH stuff is available everywhere in the library so you can bring your own computer or phone and connect to our wi-fi as well so this podcast is intended for people who are doing or starting research so I think it would be good if we could talk a little bit about research now Heather can you tell us how the library can support GOSH staff who are starting out in research
1: Well, an increasing number of GOSH staff have been expressing an interest in conducting literature reviews, either as standalone research or in order to contextualize practical research. And the library can provide support for all aspects of literature searching for reviews, um, as well as for other types of research that you might be involved with. So things like clinical guidelines or book chapters, for example.
2: Okay, this sounds amazing. But um, so where would someone start if they wanted to conduct a review? Of the literature in a particular
1: area? Um, well, the first step would normally be to clarify what you want to search for. So it can often help to develop a focused research question or maybe more than one question that you would like to try and answer. And if you're interested in finding out about the effectiveness of an intervention, for example, you can use the acronym PICO, P-I-C-O, to help you to think about formulating your question. So the letters in that acronym stand for, firstly, um, the P is for population, and you might want to think about which population you're interested in. So as an example, you might be interested in school age children with cerebral palsy. And then secondly, the I stands for the intervention that you're interested in. So for example, you might be interested in the use of computer games as an intervention with your specified population, with the, the children with cerebral palsy. And then thirdly, the C stands for comparison. So you might have another intervention that you want to compare your first intervention with. So, for example, you might want to compare yoga to computer games for children with cerebral palsy. Or you might not have a comparison, which would be fine as well. And then finally, the O stands for outcomes. So you might be interested in a specific outcome or outcomes. Um, In this example, you might be interested in improved physical balance, for example. Or you might be interested in exploring what the outcomes might be, in which case you wouldn't necessarily want to specify any particular outcomes in your question. So using that PICO as an example, you don't need to include all four elements of the PICO acronym in your research question. But if your research is looking at the effectiveness of an intervention, then this acronym can help you to think about what you do want to focus on. So using this process, we could hopefully come up with a focused research question. And for this example, it might be something like, can the use of computer games by school aged children with cerebral palsy help to improve physical balance? So breaking down your topic in this way and thinking about the different concepts that make up the topic can also help you to start to create a search strategy to try and find the literature that's available to answer your question. So I've talked about PICO. There are other acronyms or frameworks that can help you with formulating appropriate questions for different types of research. But the main point here is to make sure that you're clear about what you want to research and that you've thought about the main concepts that you're going to include in your research question or your topic.
2: So if you're writing a review, a good place to start would be be to make sure that you have a focus question or topic. So this is the first step of a focus question and a topic. And um, what else might you want to think about?
1: Well, if you're thinking about re- writing a review, you might want to think about which type of review would be appropriate for your research question or topic. So if you're wanting to try to find the answer to a specific question by using research evidence, then a systematic review or maybe a smaller scale literature review using a systematic approach might be appropriate. If you're more interested in getting an overview of a subject area or mapping the available evidence on a particular topic, then something like a scoping review might be more appropriate. Um, The library does run live introductory sessions that provide an overview of the systematic review process. And then you can also use journal articles and books to find out more information about systematic reviews, scoping reviews and the other types of review that are available that might be appropriate for your research. Um, Resources like the Cochrane Handbook and the Prisma Statement are often used for guidance on conducting systematic reviews, Although, if you're reading those, you should be aware that these are aimed at review teams conducting quite large-scale reviews, and your research may need to be on a smaller scale, depending on the time and resources that you have available to you, particularly if you're working on your own. Um, The Joanna Briggs Institute's JBI Manual for Evidence Synthesis is another useful resource, and that includes information about conducting systematic reviews – but also about conducting scoping reviews and umbrella reviews. The Centre for Reviews and Dissemination at the University of York also provides some useful guidance on conducting systematic reviews. And these resources that I've just mentioned are all freely available online, so you'll be able to get easy access to those.
2: So presumably, at this stage, once you have started to plan your search, you would need to start trying to find some information about the topic that you want to research.
1: Yeah, that's right. So at this stage, you can start to think about where you might find information to answer your research question or to explore your topic. Usually a good place to start would be to do a bit of preliminary searching in one or more of the literature databases. So the literature databases are databases of mostly published research. Um, They usually include primarily peer-reviewed journal articles, But depending on the database, they may also include other publication types, so things like conference abstracts, um, books or book chapters, dissertations, news articles, and so on. Each of the literature databases has a subject focus, so you'll also want to choose databases that are likely to be relevant for your topic. So for our example question about an intervention to improve balance, we might choose to search uh, biomedical databases such as Medline or Embase. Um, Databases covering research on nursing and allied health might also be appropriate, so for that we could search databases like CINAHL or MCARE. Um, As we're interested in an intervention, we could also search the Cochrane Library, and um, the Cochrane Library can be used to find health related systematic reviews and trials. Uh, gosh, you may be searching for information relating to patient experiences. So if you are looking for information like that, there's a psychology database called PsychInfo, and that could be a good one to include if your research is focusing on that kind of area on patient experience. Um, You might also, in addition to those databases, those literature databases, you might want to look at point of care tools. So things like BMJ best practice or up to date. Um, and these are tools which can be used to find summaries of the latest evidence relating to specific conditions, diagnostic techniques or um, different interventions.
2: So you've mentioned a number of different b- databases for different subjects, you know, like psychology. or. But how can people find out which of the database is best for their research to use?
1: Um, well, some databases, so databases like PubMed and the Cochrane Library, are free to use and free to search but um, a lot of the other databases require a subscription. There is a really good range of subscription literature databases in the area of health available through NHS England Open Athens. So we mentioned that earlier, um, all GOSH staff can sign up free of charge for NHS England Open Athens. Um, In addition to those databases, you can also access databases by using the UCL computers um, that are available for GOSH staff in our library or in the other UCL libraries. We've got a section on our library homepage that includes information specifically for GOSH staff, and you can find lists of databases and other resources that are available to you. You'll also find descriptions of the resources, so that will help you to decide which ones might be appropriate for your research topic and which ones to use. Um, Looking at published reviews in your subject area can also be quite helpful with selecting databases because the methods section of a review will often include a list of databases that were we used for the review. And then that can give you an idea of where other researchers other researchers, have been looking for information on your um, topic. So you might just start by searching in a single database To get an idea of the volume of research on your topic and whether it's going to be feasible for you to go ahead with your review. If you find that you're getting too much or too little information right at this beginning stage, then you might need to adapt or refocus your topic a little bit. Um, Doing some initial searching can also help you to start thinking about appropriate search terms that you could use to find information on your topic. If you're doing a systematic review, you might also want to think about publishing a protocol at this stage. So, the protocol lays out the aims of your review and how you're planning to conduct it. It's not compulsory to publish a protocol. But it is becoming best practice. So um, a lot of people are doing that um, before they actually start full work on a systematic review. And a good place to publish health-related systematic review protocols is a freely available database called Prospero. Um, But there are other places that you can publish as well. So there's information from the library about that, places where you can publish your protocol. I
2: know that there is a lot of support available from the library. To help with conducting literature searches and systematic review and that is an area that you're actually actively involved in supporting. Can you give us an idea of what kind of support and other supports are available through the library?
1: Uh, yeah, so the library provides live training sessions in this area of literature searching, systematic review support. Um, there's a one-hour online session specifically for GOSH staff that we run once a month And that provides an introduction to the library and to literature searching. And then we also run face-to-face training sessions on literature searching. Um, There's a programme of live scheduled sessions, both online and face-to-face, that are open to anybody associated with UCL, so including staff from affiliated NHS trusts. And um, the literature databases are all slightly different to search because they've all got different interfaces. So these sessions include demonstrations of the different databases, and then practical sessions on how to search specific literature databases. Um, We can also run sessions for individual GOSH departments, so do please get in touch with us if you'd like to arrange something like this for your group of staff. If you'd like some one-to-one support, um, you can also contact the library, or you're welcome to get in touch with me directly, and I'll be happy to meet you and talk to you about your research project. If you're working as part of a research team, then we might be able to help you with actually developing and um, running your literature searches. Uh, If you prefer to work through online resources in your own time and would find that easier, the library's got a range of online guides, videos and tutorials and they're all free to access. So that includes an online Moodle course on creating searches for systematic reviews Um, and we also have resources on finding information to support evidence-based practice and on critical appraisal of the information that you'll find. Um, Some of these online resources include some general tips on how to search literature databases. So, for example, they include tips on things like how to structure your search and how to combine different search terms together uh, to make sure you're getting good results. Um, They include tips on how to make sure that your search terms are inclusive and that you're not likely to be missing relevant publications. Um, tips on what to do if you get too many results or too few results when you start searching. There are some standard approaches to creating a search strategy that's appropriate for a review. So it's a really good idea to find out a bit about how to create a good search before you have a go yourself. And you'll find that the quality and the inclusiveness of your review is going to be directly influenced by the quality of your search and the papers that it finds. So it's really important to try and get that first stage um, going as well as you can in order to um, produce a good piece of research. It's also important to create a structured search strategy because you'll often need to report what you've done in the methods section of your review. So as part of the methods, you'll usually need to report things like um, which databases you've searched, uh, which concepts you've searched for and the search terms that you've used to search for each of these concepts. Um, You'll need to list any limits that you've applied to your search, for example, if you've applied date or language limits and any other methods that you've used in addition to searching the literature databases to identify um, additional publications for your review. And then you'll also need to mention any inclusion or exclusion criteria that you'll be using to select the papers to include in your review. So you will normally need to report all of that in the uh, methodology section.
2: Brilliant. This is really useful. You have just mentioned that you might use other methods to find publications. What other methods might you use to find papers for a review rather than all the ones you've already mentioned
1: uh, well, you might want to, in addition to finding the sort of peer-reviewed journal literature through the literature databases, um, you might also want to search for publications that have not been published commercially. So, this type of literature is often referred to as grey literature, and it can be quite hard to find because it's often not disseminated in any kind of structured way. Um, there isn't the same funding behind disseminating that uh, as there is behind the the peer-reviewed, formally published literature. Um, There are some literature databases that will find some types of grey literature. So grey literature is a bit of an umbrella term. It covers lots of um, different kinds of publications, but some literature databases will include, for example, some conference abstracts or uh, dissertations, newspaper articles, preprints. So publications like that. Other types of publication are more difficult to to find. And there are some examples of databases that can be used um, specifically to find grey literature. Um, So the freely available evidence search, which is a database created by NICE is one example of that type of database. Um, So evidence search brings together evidence from a range of different organizations involved in health and related areas. And it has a focus on the UK, so it can be quite useful for UK NHS staff. Um, There are also databases of clinical trials that are in progress. Um, Or trials that have not resulted in the publication of papers, so you can find information about those and potentially contact the authors of those trials if you need more information. But other types of literature may not be recorded in databases at all, and you may need to use things like general search engines, or you may need to search through the websites of relevant organisations, or use other approaches to find this type of material, um, you can get in touch with us if you need any help with finding grey literature because this is, is quite a big topic.
2: So that's really brilliant. And um, now you've done all your searches, you then need to find some full tests. So you've done your searches and, fa- and they found some publication that you would like to use. So, how are you going to find the full test? I mentioned at the start of the podcast that all Gosh staff can sign up for an NHS England Open Athens account. So you can sign up for that. And I also mentioned that GOSH staff can complete an online form if they would like journal articles or book chapters that UCL pays for. And we can send those directly to the email address. And if you're studying or working at another higher education institution, you may have access to publication through the password through your organization as well. So some you can access through the NHS Athens, some that are from UCL we can send to you, and some you could access if you are part of another organization through them. So if there are publications that you have not been able to find through these routes, we do have an interlibrary loan service that you can use to request publications from other libraries. Will we supply these online to your email if they're available? If not, we, you may need to come and collect them from the library if they are in a print version. There is, these are all subsites, subsized, but there is a charge of three pounds for the service sometimes, not on COVID times, and I the mean, they're still free. Finally, we can support you with writing up your research. When it comes to writing up research, reference management software like EndNote can be really useful. The library has bought an EndNote license so that all GOSH staff can use EndNote. The software can be installed on a personal computer, and you just need to contact us in the library to get instruction on how to do that. And um, we will send you a code. GOSH-IT will install it on a GOSH computer. So to get it installed, you need to contact IT and they will install it remotely. So you can either have it on your home computer and contact us, we send you the code, or you can ask to, be, to have it on your GOSH computer or both. There may, there may be some people who have never used this type of reference management software. Heather, can you briefly explain what this reference management software is?
1: I'll just talk about EndNote, which is the one that we, we've bought for stuff to use. So you can use EndNote to create your own EndNote library, um, and that will contain details of all the publications that you're using in your written work. So it's very easy to populate this EndNote library with the details of publications that you're using. Um, you can quickly download information from literature databases, from electronic journals, Um, from library catalogues, or you can import um, PDFs of journal articles and create references that way. If you want to, you can also store full text publications in your EndNote library as well, so that you've got the details of the publications, and those are also linked to the full text publications. And then you can use your EndNote library to view and manage both of those together. Uh, But the really great thing about EndNote is that you can use your EndNote library to quickly add in-text citations into your written work. And then EndNote can put them into the correct citation style that you need. So, um, for example, that might be a generic style like Harvard or Vancouver, or there may be a particular in-house style for the journal that you're submitting your paper to. And then EndNote will automatically generate a reference list for you at the end of the document. And the reference list will also be in whichever citation style you've chosen. And um, your reference list will be put into the correct order as well. So usually that will either be an alphabetical list where the references are ordered by the author's surname. Or if you're using a style like Vancouver or similar to that, you might have a numeric list of references. But EndNote will organize that all for you.
2: Okay, that's really interesting. So what would you say are the advantages of using this type of software?
1: Well, I think the main advantage is that it can save you a lot of time, uh, particularly with regard to the citing and referencing. It would be much quicker to use EndNote than to do all of that manually. And you can quickly make changes as well if you need to and update your um, your document. Um, It can also help you to manage your publications by having everything that you need stored in one place. So um, there are also options for searching your library. So once you've put everything in there, you can easily pull out the information that you need about the publications that you've got stored in your EndNote library. Um, Also, if you're doing a literature review, you can put all of the results of your literature database searches into EndNote, as well as the details of any publications that you've found through other means. And then you can manage them all there. So you can deduplicate the results that you've added to EndNote so that any papers that were retrieved by more than one database will be removed. You can use EndNote to manage the screening process that's usually conducted as part of a review by creating folders, which are known as groups in EndNote. And then you can use those folders or groups to file papers for inclusion or exclusion in your review. Um, you can also share your EndNote library or the references that it contains with your colleague, So that can be really useful if you're working on research as part of a team. So it can be useful for managing parts of the process of doing a review, as well as being really useful and time saving for um, citing and referencing in your written work.
2: Brilliant. So how can people find out more about how to use EndNote?
1: Um, well, we've got a very comprehensive online guide on the library website that people can either work through or dip into. And um, we've got some exercises at the end of the guide as well. So if you want to practice using the software before you start using it for your own work, you can have a look at those at those exercises, or you can just look at the sections of the guide that you're interested in. Um, we also run regular live training sessions on using Endnotes. Um, both online and face-to-face sessions. And that includes a one-hour online demonstration specifically for GOSH staff, which we run once per month. Um, There's also an online EndNote Q&A session, question and answer session available. And that's open to members of UCL, as well as to NHS staff from affiliated trusts. So if you've got some specific questions about EndNote, once you start using it, then um, you can just drop into one of those EndNote question and answer sessions. Um, EndNote also have a lot of support themselves, so you can have a look on the EndNote website and you'll find videos and guides produced by EndNote, and then we're available in person to help you with EndNote, so you're welcome to get in touch with us if you've got any questions at all about using this software, Um, and we'd be happy to arrange separate group sessions for teams of staff at GOSH as well, so please do get in touch with us if you'd like us to arrange um, something like that. As well as uh, offering EndNote support, if you need more general information about referencing, um, we can support you with that as well. So we do have an online guide with information about referencing, citing, and avoiding plagiarism, which includes sections on how to create references Um, And that can be quite useful if you have to create references by hand, for example, for websites. Um, And it gives information about using a number of the most popular citation styles for a range of different publication types. So you can check there to see what kind of information you need to include in your reference for a particular publication type. And that can be a really nice supplement to using EndNote. Um, we do run live referencing question and answer sessions as well, um, so you, you're welcome to attend any of those, but you can also contact us directly if you've got any questions about referencing.
2: Great. We have talked about how the library can support the research progress for staff, but can the library also help researchers when they reach the stage of publishing their research?
1: Well, we're not directly involved in supporting GOSH staff with publication unless they're also a member of UCL staff, but there is information available from the library that may be useful for GOSH staff who have reached this stage with their research. So um, there's a lot of information on things like open access research. Uh, which is a growing area. There's information on um, data management. So if you're conducting some research, you may also want to think about um, managing and making your data accessible. And there's a lot of information on open science as well. And this is all available through the UCL library website, uh, the library services website, and that might be of interest to GOSH staff who are involved in research. We can help you with finding information about journals that you might be considering publishing in. So for example, things like finding the journal impact factor for a journal or another metric, or we can help you find out which journals in a particular subject area have the highest impact factors. UCL also has an open access repository called UCL Discovery Plus, and GOSH staff can deposit their research here to disseminate it more widely. So the research in this repository will be found by Google searches, as well as um, by searching the repository directly.
2: This is really great. Thank you very much, Heather. I think that concludes our podcast about the library. We hope that has given a bit of an overview of what we can offer and that you will then join the library, get in touch with us and start to use all of our services, resources and facility. We're always keen to hear what you think of the library as well and whether there is anything else that we can be doing to help you with your research. So please um, do get in touch with us. All the information and content details are on our website and thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Gosh Pods. If you want to listen to more brilliant educational podcasts from the team at the GLA, please search GOSH Learning Academy wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about the work of the GLA by heading to the GOSH website at www.gosh.nhs.uk and searching Learning Academy. We're also on social media. You'll find the links to our Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn in the episode description. We hope you enjoyed this episode and you join us again soon for another installment of GOSH Pods.